Good morning. I'm Josh Holton with the WMNF News Headlines. Mayors of Tampa, Plant City, and Temple Terrace joined Friday for a panel in Tampa. WMNF's Chris Young reports they are looking for less intrusion on certain local issues from state lawmakers. The three mayors spoke to a civic group in Tampa. They addressed issues such as affordable housing, rising insurance rates, and infrastructure. They also spoke out about preemptions from the state government. In March, Governor DeSantis signed into law the Live Local Act. It created zoning preemptions for affordable housing in Florida. Both Mayor Jane Castor of Tampa and Mayor Nathan Kilton of Plant City spoke out against zoning legislation. I would say to stay away from the zoning issues. You know, that needs to be left up to the particular communities and their specific needs. Allow us to operate how we know how to in our local communities. Speaking further on statewide lawmaking, Mayor Andy Ross of Temple Terrace thinks parties can be too divided. We've got to demand that our elected officials stop that, right? It doesn't, if it's a good idea for the community, it's a good idea for the community. I don't care who came up with it. The panel was hosted by Tampa Tiger Bay Club. For WMNF News, I'm Chris Young. We're starting things off in the tropics this week with two disturbances and three tropical storms. Meteorologist Jeff George from the Florida Public Radio Emergency Network tells us which system will likely be a hurricane soon. We had two tropical storms form in the Atlantic yesterday, and another was named very early this morning. Emily was born Sunday morning, followed by Franklin in the afternoon. Then Gert formed just after midnight, making it the eighth named storm of the season. Now, not only are those three tropical storms not moving our way, none of those other systems are coming at Florida either. However, Franklin is forecasted to become the second hurricane of the Atlantic season later on this week. And both of those other disturbances have a high chance of intensifying into a named storm the next few days. Harold is next on the list. Jeff says, although there are no immediate threats for us, this past week should be a reminder that things can change quickly at this time of year. Always be prepared and plugged in. A new Florida elections law now requires you to register to vote by mail every two years rather than every four years. WMFE's Danielle Pryor reports. Standing requests to vote by mail were expunged in December in Florida under SB 90. The new law requires residents to request a vote by mail ballot every general election cycle. That means requests are good for two years instead of four. UCF political science professor Aubrey Jewett says this latest move will likely lessen the number of people voting by mail in the next election. So we went from like a file of four million plus people to a file of zero people, right? So... All that to say is, you know, the shorter way of saying it, as I said, is absolutely we're, we're it's going to have an impact. We're going to see less people voting by mail, almost certainly. During the last general election in 2022, 2.7 million Floridians voted by mail. Requests to vote by mail must be made at least 10 days before an election. In Orlando, I'm Danielle Pryor. Florida is nearing 90,000 reported resident deaths from COVID-19 since the pandemic started in 2020. Data released Friday by the State Department of Health showed that 89,905 deaths had been reported as of Thursday. What's more, 
76,573, or about 85.2% of the deaths are involved with people 60 or older. The new data also showed an increase in reported COVID-19 cases in recent weeks. The state had 18,000 reported new cases during the week that started August 11th and 18,556 new cases during the week that started August 4th, the highest totals in at least 10 weeks. The Department of Health releases COVID-19 data every two weeks. According to Business Insider, donors have come out in full support to save a Florida abortion clinic that had received a fine threatening its ability to continue operations. Stand with Abortion Now of Orlando, a local advocacy group that started up after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, has raised two-thirds of the $193,000 fine that the state levied against the Center of Orlando for Women, one of two abortion clinics in the city. Florida lawmakers passed a six-week abortion ban in April, outlawing abortion before most women even know they're pregnant. The law won't go into effect officially until the state's 15-week ban is upheld in court. The exorbitant fine stems from the 24-hour waiting period law that requires a patient to have two appointments 24 hours apart in order to get an abortion. After an Orange County circuit judge last month rejected its request to dismiss the case, Walt Disney Parks and Resorts has filed a counterclaim in a legal battle with the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District. The agreements were approved shortly before the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District Board, appointed by Governor Ron DeSantis, succeeded the former Reedy Creek Board. In a counterclaim filed Thursday, Disney made a series of allegations, including that the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District has breached contracts that Disney entered with the previous board. The counterclaim was the latest chapter in the legal and political battles that started last year when Disney opposed a new state law that restricts instruction on gender identity and sexual orientation in schools. It is warm and sunny in the Tampa Bay area. Highs today in the mid-90s. Overnight lows in the mid-70s. 98% humidity out there today. I'm Josh Holton with the WMNF News Headlines on 88.5 FM and the WMNF app. This is The Scoop, recorded at WMNF Tampa.